Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Talking League. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League Team Doctor, a weekly Monday night live podcast where we invite two people in our fantasy community to chat about their teams and hopefully improve them. My, my, my name is TK and I'm joined by Riley and Gus, or we'll bring the boys in. G'day Riles. How are you TK, Gussie? Good to be back for a second week and yeah, let's rip into some teams. Yeah, Gussie, now we've got a top 20 guy in... in Charles joining us tonight, so a bit of royalty there mate and we might pick up a couple of things tonight mate. Hundred percent. Always happy to learn a thing or two in the surgery, mate. But boys, it's good to be back. Came to rip in. Now, joining us from across the ditch, a couple of our Kiwi friends, Luke Adams, Charles Walters. We'll bring them in together because they are mates. So it's always good when we've got friends here. And we'll bring him in. We'll bring Charles in first. How are you, Charles? Hey boys, yeah, good. Good. Thanks for having me on. And his mate, Luke. So Luke, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm excited. Now, boys, you guys go back all the way to the uni days, Charles was telling us. So, Luke, tell me about your first sighting. Was it love at first sight, mate? Oh, probably, bro. It was back in uh, PE department days, eh? So we we studied PE together. Um, I don't even know, to be honest, bro, when we struck up the fantasy connection, bro. Probably through Otago Rugby League days, maybe. Um, But, yeah, we, we did... What four or five years together with each with each other through uh, Otago, which was, was good fun. Yeah, Luke, did you grow up playing footy? Like, sorry, league, not union. Of course, you would probably played a little bit of union. Yeah, oh, no, nah, I grew up playing union. To be honest, bro, um, there was I, I grew up in a small town called Nelson, which is in the South Island, um, pretty much dominated by union, um, and then played a little bit of league down in Dunedin, and then came back and played a little bit of league back in Nelson, but. My body size isn't suited for, for rugby league, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't worry, neither is mine, mate. But you're all based in Auckland, yeah, Luke. You get over to the Warriors yeah. games much, man? <clears throat> well, not the last few years, bro. Um, but looking forward to obviously getting a season. Went to the, whenever they came back, that homecoming game. Um, sellouts, real special game, eh? So um, definitely looking forward to, to going to all the games this year. Um, been a bit starved of it, to be honest. Well, mate, I'll be there for the doggies game, mate. So if you're around, we'll definitely have to catch up for a beer for sure, man. Yeah, beauty. Yep, yep. Sure. Mate, so tell me. So are you a Warriors? You're obviously Warriors through and through. Tell me some about your some of your favourite players, mate. So give me a love interest first, mate. From the Warriors, mate. For anyone that you want, you can have any love interest, mate, that you desire. Um, oh, it's hard to go past Simon Mannering, to be honest. Um, he's a he's a Nelson boy and a three hundred gamer, I think. Um, bit of a battler as well, um, and always a fan of of Sean as well. Having him back at the club uh, is, is pretty awesome as well. I love it, mate. Now, give me a bold prediction. Give me your best Warriors <laughs> prediction, mate, for two thousand twenty three. Yeah, I, I reckon we sneak into the eight, to be honest, um, and probably early elimination. Um, I think Aussie media has been a bit harsh on us. 
I think we've recruited quite well. Um, obviously lost Walsh, but I think he was a, a little bit inexperienced. Wasn't really what we needed at the time. I think Chance is a bit of a step up in terms of safety. Um, Tomato Martin as well, bit of a step up on uh, Chanel. Um, our forward pack's looking pretty strong with uh, Neil Corey and obviously Adam and Tohu and yeah, the, I don't know. I, I reckon Aussie media is writing them off pretty hard. Um, might sneak into the eight. That's my prediction. Nice. Now, Luke, there's going to be a reply here. I want you to rate your mate Charles's fantasy just ability, mate. What would you rate him? Uh, he's my go-to, to be honest, bro. Uh, he gets about 10 messages a day from me. Um, <laughs> yeah, constant team team updates. Um but yeah, bro. I, I, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm not too sure where we struck that connection. But for the last probably three, four years, bro, we once the season rolls around, we're into it, eh? It's always uh, good to hear from the bro every weekend. Uh, yeah. I love to hear that. Now, Charles, t- turning to you, mate. Like, talk to me about your upbringing and did you play union league? How, where did you grow up, man? Ah, sweet. Yeah, cheers, boys. I um, grew up in a small town here um, called Waitara. It's just outside of New Plymouth. It's on the um, west coast of the North Island. Um, I grew up playing league. It's kind of a league t- uh, league town here. Produced some um, some Kiwis and uh, some NZ Māori players. Um, we're talking about um, before TK. Um, you know, the Tony Kemp's, Howie Tamati, um, and if you, you know, the, the Watsons, um, we're talking about so some old school um, and some big history um, here. So I played at that club um, at the Waitara Bears kind of growing up. And then, um, yeah, headed down um, to Dunners where I met Luke and that played league down there um, and kind of started crossing, playing a bit of union. Um, but, yep, yep, grew up playing league. Nice, man. Yeah. What position were you? Um, in league, anywhere in the backs, really. Played centre wing and a bit of fullback. Nice. Yeah. So, mate, who do you go? Are you, an, are you a Warriors man as well? Nice. Through and through. Who's your favourite players, mate? Give me a love interest for this year. Um, oh, I can't really copy. Um, I'm Shawnee. My, I guess favourite. Oh, sorry, Lukey. My favourite. Um, Warriors probably. I like Wade McKinnon for a bit. Nice little Aussie recruit there. Um, but it's hard to go past. You know, some of the the homegrown um, talent. Um, with you know SJ. Um, who else was there? Uh, Mark. Um, yeah, Mannering, Michael Luck, he was Aussie boy, um, Ruben Wiki, you know, all of those boys. My love interest probably this year, though, has to, can't go past the chin, I think, for me. Um, <laughs> I think Cleary and the three Pete. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll look in um, Cleary. I love it. Now, mate, give me your bold prediction. Lukey had the Warriors making the eight. What did you got? No, similar. Um, making the eight, but. Um, Going back to each day in getting us to the to the final, I think we'll go uh, one or two further um, once we um, sneak into the eight. All right, um, Charles. Final question before we start ripping into some teams. Lukey was very, very polite, mate. What do you rate Lukey in terms of fantasy ability? No gun. He finished me last year. Um, so if it's out of ten, yeah, seven and eight. We just need to learn how to um, when to make the right trades. I think. Yeah, I think so too. All right, boys, let's get stuck in. Lukey, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to put you in the green room. We'll see you in about 20 minutes' time. Charles, you'll stay on with us. 
But first things first, Charles, 2021, you finished in the top 20. You came 17th. Tell me, talk to us a little bit about the season, mate, and, you know, the ups and downs of that, man. Yeah, pretty. that was a pretty funny season. I guess I, well, I wouldn't say fluked it, but um, that was the year that Cleary went um, kind of lethal. Um, and if you happen to start with him, you know, you're already jumping ranks um, pretty early. Um, so that was a uh, probably, you know, good choice from the start. Uh, what else happened that year? Uh, Tin, um, Tino from the Titans, he, um, a lot of people jumped on him too. And, and they kind of, and, and they held on um, to him for a long time. Um, so it kind of went um, antipod there. Um, but yeah, yeah, crazy season. So massive mistakes, you know, for coming top 20. So yeah, it's about staying in it. But yeah, no, it was lucky. I think, and for some reason, I'm in the, the Knights official league. So I think I won that league. Um, I don't know how I ended up um, in the Knights league. I think it was the year Aiden Guerra and a few of the boys went uh, went there. Um, but I haven't been able to change it. So if anyone knows how to how to change your your team on on, on fantasy, get in yeah. touch with Charles. Yeah, <laughs> Riley Gus, do you want to jump in, mate? Any questions, boys, for Charles before we rip into his team? Uh, in that. Yeah, Charles, in 2021, where you finished 17th, what was sort of a big lesson you learnt? Um, saving trades. I think I ran out. I, I played a few weeks um, with a red dot um, that year. And, yeah, I guess, um, you know, you, you get heaps of advice online and, um, you know, people telling you kind of uh, what you should and shouldn't do. Um so being able to just yeah kind of analyze um, everyone's uh, perspectives and being able to still kind of make your own um, decision in the end. I think a big one that year I, I got um, Olokwatu and um, when he started, you know, going for it. So yeah, probably that save trades. Um, yeah, and, and don't have to always follow follow the crowd. Beauty, Gussie, you want to jump in before we get stuck in? Yeah, that. Yeah, Charles, one question for you. I know it was the year of Cleary in 2021, but were you a, a set-and-forget captain man or did you like to mix it up in those uh, you know, in those last few rounds just to try and get ahead? Yeah, I think I did. Um, yeah, I went for it. I think I was, I was just falling ranks. I was, just, I was in the top 10 for a bit um, and I kept in turbo on one of the, um, one of the rounds. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. usually always a set-and-forget um, Cleary. Yeah, fair. How did it serve you? Any any good or? Nah, no, I don't think so. I think it was quite. Um, I think they scored around the same in one of the final rounds. Um, yeah, so it didn't burn me too much. But yeah, nah, had a had a crack at it. All right, boys, yeah. we're going to bring his team in now and we'll start ripping it apart. Now, Riles, do you want to just run through the team list there for me? So at hooker, he's got Harry Grant. Starting in the mids, he's got. Peter Pangoi Jr., Corey Horsburgh, and Adam Elliott. In the second row, there is Luke Garner and Ali Katoa. In the halves, he's got Nathan Cleary, also his captain, partnered by Nico Hines, who's also his vice-captain. The centres are Isaac Thompson and Remus Smith, with the fullbacks being Khan Pereira, Miller, and Hayes Perham. On the bench, he's got the Cheese, Matt Dory, Jermaine Hopgood and Tana Boyd, with his emergencies being Ray Stone, Sean Bloor, Tommy Talao and Tamari Martin. Nice. Ross, your initial thoughts on Charles's team? Uh, I love his guns, TK. Five of them, including Cheese. He's got cover in every position. 
incredibly strong captaincy and vice-captaincy options with players including Elliot, Garner and Kantoa having extreme upside. His centres are selected from really strong attacking teams, which is something I think you need to focus on when you're setting up your initial team because centres were relying on tries and attacking stats, so you need to pick them from those better teams. Uh, and the dual position players he's got, such as Cheese, Tana Boyd, they help give him coverage for buys uh, each week. So, yeah, really like that. Nice. Gussie, turning to you. Your thoughts? Yeah, man, just straight off the bat, I'm seeing a really nice balance between the guns, your quality mid-rangers and your promising cashies. Uh, you know, as you said, Riles with the likes of Grant, Cleary and Nico, sort of three eligible captaincy options there. And it's just guns galore, isn't it? Um, mid-rangers, you've gone for blokes with, you know, a bit of pet pedigree, but enough uh, narrative around them to justify a bit of an uptick. So Garner, Eli Kitsoa, the Cheese and Jermaine Hopgood are all looking good there. And then the cheapies, you've just gone for some throbbers who we think are going to have plenty of upside this year. I'm liking Dury, Hayes, Perham, and Tommy Talao, but on paper, it's just a really well-balanced side, man. It's nice. Nice. And then, Charles, just bringing you back in, mate, just before we start ripping in, ripping into questions about the team, just talk to, talk to us about your initial thoughts on your team and the current strategy that you want to use at the moment, mate. Yeah, I thought you, um, your boys were going to rip me out about the balance, the balance of the side, but kind of before trials in that, this is kind of what I usually do. I just kind of pick my favourite um, uh, guns in that, um, put in a few extra um, mid-rangers, and then I, um, you know, after the trials in that, I try and downgrade either to cashies or, or look for upgrades there. So my first, this team was last week's team, so it's obviously different. <laughs> um, no doubt. Different and now, but... um. It's yeah, that's kind of just how I like to start um, start my team at this this point of the year. Um, just pick my favourites, you know, um, bit of value, and yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I just locked in those guns. Obviously, light in the winger fullback. I don't mind the um, centre roulette um, and getting some trades there just because of um, you know the amount of points centre score. So I'm, I'm probably going to do that again. With the centres, I'm probably going to just um, run the roulette there. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit worried about the wingers and and all the mids being um, in the front row at the moment. Yeah, Charles, take me through. You know, you you are fielding what most people believe are the two best players in Cleary and Hines. Talk me through the strategy of having both of them from round one. Yeah, I, I was probably going to ask you boys about this too, but um. No, just the two best players um, is is my thinking at this point of the season. I haven't um, uh, gone into any, you know, Excel worksheets or anything just yet. Just, um, you know, try to get the two guns in, fit them in. Uh, and if I could balance a team, then kind of why not if there's value um, elsewhere. Um, and saying that, though, Hines will probably be the first one to go if I do make um, um, some changes. But, yeah, ideally... Uh, yeah, it makes sense for me yeah, yeah, to have yeah. the two, you know, highest point scorers. Let's break that down, boys, because it's an interesting conversation because both the Sharks and Penrith both have a buy in these first six rounds. Riley, just turning to you, your thoughts on running both Cleary and Hines at the same time? I agree with you, Charles, that both the keeper halves you're going to need at the end of the season, but just because you're spending approximately $1.9 million there, you're throwing the balance of your team out 
you've potentially only got another 8.1 mil to spend on 19 other players. So that's making you go really cheap in your wing fullbacks, um, such as Khan Pereira and Hayes Perham, potentially downgrading Hines to someone like Hastings or Dwayhe, who has more value, can then help you upgrade your wing fullbacks. Looking at your mids, I would look at potentially upgrading either one of TPJ or Horsburgh just because of their volatility. Some weeks they're going to score 60, other weeks they're going to score 30. We're not sure on their roles yet either, so I'd be keen to lock Murray in there as well just to shore up the mids because I like to start the season really solid with reliable scorers and I see those premium mid-gun options as great ones. If you don't want to go up to Murray, have a look at someone like Cotter or Carrigan perhaps. Yeah, I like that. I think one of Cotter and Carrigan in that 700 range will do you very, very well. But, Gussie, just turning to you and just that question around Nathan Cleary and Hines and running them together, your thoughts? Yeah, I think there are definitely pros and cons and there are some risks involved when you're locking up that much capital in those two guys. Um, You know, just on the pros side, they're both proven guns, they're good captaincy options. And when you've got the captaincy on either one of those, out of those two blokes alone, you're kind of expecting 190, 200, 210 points just out of your halves combination each week, which is pretty solid. Um, you know, it, it is good. Uh, it's a good get if you've got those points coming in from two blokes each week. Uh, it, but, CK, you called it out. There are some early buys. So I've got the Sharkies in round six and the Panthers in round three. So early on in the season, you could have a lot of idle capital on the bench. And also, I think if it comes to, say, Origin or, you know, later in the year and maybe there's an injury and you think about thinking about moving these guys on, because they are so expensive, it probably does take two trades to get them back, uh, to get them out of your side. But then come for the run home, if you're thinking, you know, Cleary and Hines, these are the, the guys I want for the last, you know, six, seven rounds. To get them back in, it is almost another two trades each. So if you did have to go through that exercise of moving one or both of them out and then bringing them back in towards the end of the year, that could uh, you know that that could run your trades a little low. Yeah. But in, uh, in in saying that, man, I can definitely see the reason why you'd want to have them both in. Like they're the two best assets in the game, so why not get them in from round one? I like it. So there's a bit to think about because the Sharks are one of the first teams to come off their three buys as well. So you could make a case for having Nico later in the season because he finishes first. And then you could also make the case that he's probably not going to play Origin at this stage unless injuries fall his way. So Cleary's actually got to make his way all the way through that Origin period as well. So you could make a case for Nico Hines being that set-and-forget captain from the start or you're bringing him in post that first buy because he's pretty much the very best player that you can get post those three tra- th- post those three buys. But I don't think you can go wrong here, Charles. I think you've just got to make a decision now which way you want to do because I think the, the rest of the makeup of your team will be reflected by who you go as your captain. It'll because, like, for example, I think Garner's an easier pair with Hines and I think someone like a Teague Wilton is an easier pair with Cleary just because of the fact that you don't lose them all together in the same buy, especially so early in the season when you've only got two trades to play with, I think that should also come in your mind that, yeah, you probably can do probably two players for those first six teams, but anything above that, you start running a bit of a gauntlet that if there's other issues in your team, you might not be able to trade or even field a team that week. So just just be cautious on that one, I think, man. But I don't think you can go wrong. I just think you need to make a decision now who you're going to take because the rest of your team is going to start just kind of playing out the way that you want to there, bud. Easy. All right, Charles, fire away, mate. What's the next part that you want to touch on? So 
Um, yeah, I had a question for the boys. Um, I think I touched on it a bit earlier um, with me going, I'm not going Tino um, there, you know, a few years ago. I see Brandon Smith's um, um, ownership is quite high. So when you're thinking, so first, is there any antipods that any of the boys are looking at? And is there a percentage of ownership where you think, you know, that you, that you have to go with the crowd? Like, when's a de- definite um, no-no? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question, Charles. I got burnt on those two Penrith guys last year with Tungo and also Crichton. I was helping everyone else p- pick these teams that I, I just got a little bit too cute, wanted to go against the pack. And yeah. by the time I fixed my error, it was round two, but I burnt two trades straight off the bat. Missed their 50-plus scores in the round one, so that burnt me pretty hard. So I'm probably going to go a little bit more conservative, but just turning to you, Riley, what's your thoughts, man? I agree with you, TK. I was similar. I missed out on um, Tungo and Nanai first round last year. It cost me two trades straight up to get them in. But I see anti-potting as being a risky play, and especially when cheese is owned by 47% of teams. He has that dual position hooker mid, Plus, he has proven at hooker playing for the Melbourne Storm, averaging 56 points in 69 minutes when playing over 60 minutes. He is going to be a gun. So at the start of the season, I'm seeing him as a perfect 18th man to carry right through until the end of the season. Charles, I'll just run you through just kind of the percentages. So as Riley just did mention, 47% for Brandon Smith. Next best is 38% Nathan Cleary. Here comes an antipod that you might want to consider, and we'll get Gus's thoughts in a second this one too. Hammer comes in at 33%. The next one under that is 27% for Ray Stone. Nico Hines at 26 Paul Alamotti at 26%. James Tedesco at 23 Another one that's on the list that I think we can antipod, and we'll get Gus's thoughts in a second as well, is Josh Shushter at 22%. Jake Avarillo, 22%. Jake, uh, sorry, Jermaine Hopgood at 22, and then Jack Howarth at 21. Gussie, just bringing you back into conversation here, mate. A few little, there's a few options there to antipod there, and especially in these cashies. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty enthusiastic about antipodding some of these unpredictable outside backs, to be honest. So, blokes on the list that you mentioned, Hamiso and Alamotti, I'm giving them the snub for round one. But the problem is I've taken this philosophy into the past few years and I've just been burned. Um, you know, I missed out on Tuggo uh, in 2021. I missed out on Cleary, uh, not Cleary, Crichton rather, and it just uh, just hurt me big time. Uh, but I think I'm going to stick to the guns there because you just do have two pretty unproven quantities. But when you're looking at guys like the Cheese, I think it's high. It's just a high-risk, medium-reward sort of play. Um I think you sort of do have to go with the pack on uh, on this one, particularly thinking, you know, he's if he gets, say, 40 to 45 minutes and scores around his 0.8, 0.9 PPM, there's his value straight away. So the likelihood of losing any money on him is pretty low. So I'd, uh, I'd be steering clear of the B. Smith antipod, but when it comes to those outside backs, I uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, Charles, I reckon you've got Brandon Smith in the exact position you need to have him as the first guy on that bench. So I've been thinking about this today. I go, what's his upside? Probably upside 50-55. Does he get there? I don't think so. I think he'll probably range between 40 and 45, but he's just a perfect guy that covers so many positions, right? Like between the mid and the hooker, if something happens, you've just got that guy there. And I think you've already established that you want Harry Grant, so you don't have to worry about a hooker. Like I brought Reed Marnie in today because I just think that he might might have been a little bit off 
But I can still see the merit, probably more merit in Harry Grant actually being there because you've got the guy I think that you need at the end already. So you just, just instead of Antipod, don't worry about Antipod. I think there's a few others on that list. I'll definitely Antipod Josh Schuster. I don't know why the interest of 22% there, especially for a guy that was totally, I know that he's put a lot of effort into his preseason, but he plays next to DCE, a very dominant half there. And then the other guy, Hammer, Hammer's going to have to score some tries to get a good average, and he's probably playing in the weakest team there in the Dolphins, so that might not happen either, man. So you've got a few antipods to consider there. Jake Avrilo's probably going to be in the same spot there too. I know a lot of people are keen on him, but he's training at right centre where he's probably not going to score a hell of a lot. So you've probably got three there just to avoid, and I think run with the pack in with B. Smith, decide what you want to do with Cleary and Hines, and with all the other guns you've got in your team, I think you're going to kick off pretty well, man. Nice. <clears throat> Wicked, boys. All right. Next question, Charles. Cool. We have a couple more. Um, strategies. So I heard you, TK, just say you've bought in Mahoney. Um, I looked at briefly at a couple of the boys' teams, and I seen you were running the Tana Boyd and um, who was the other hooker? Um, another cheapy. Two cheapy hookers. Maybe Mitch yeah, Kenny, so some of them. Sorry? Maybe Mitch Kenny. Were they running Mitch Kenny? Yeah. Oh, it was your team, sorry. The one that was posted the other day. Oh, it's my one. Um, yeah, I was just running Cheese yeah. and then also yeah, right. what you said, Boyd. Yeah, and then I go, well, what I just told you there, like, Brandon Smith's probably not an elite hooker. So his probably best position is where you've put him, with the 14. And then I go, where can I sacrifice? And I go, it has to be between Cotter and then Pat Carrigan. And I go, with all the stuff happening at the Broncos at the moment – Considering how good Cotter was last year, I go, who would I rather lose? I'd rather lose Carrigan. So that means I had to downgrade him. But at the same time, that means I could probably pick up an 80-minute hooker that doesn't play origin. And then they have their buy relatively late in round 13, the Bulldogs too. Because I knew that the thing with having Carrigan and Cotter, you know that you're probably going to have to trade them out because they'll get managed during that kind of origin break. Plus, they play huge minutes during origin, so they're always a chance of getting injured. So you're only going to take them into a, at a point. And I go, well, if I think Reed Marnie might score 50 to 55, well, I've got Carrigan scoring maybe 55 to 60. For that five extra points, I probably will never need to trade Reed Marnie out for a long, long time. Well, I can only take Carrigan up to round 13. So I go, well, let's just get another hooker in there. Smith can just be my kind of depth hooker slash mid. And I just think my team's a lot better off that way. But if I can find the money, I would go your way, man, and get Grant. Because I think Grant's even a bigger level up on Marnie. But it's just one of those things that Grant's going to go to origin as well. So at the moment, Reed's just in my thoughts. But my thoughts from what I saw from Saturday when I posted that to now is I needed a stronger hooker. And I just think that that was going to probably be my best bet at that stage, man. Sweet. What about you, what about you Riley or, or, or Gus? Any um, particular strategies you guys are going for um, this year? I'm going to sort of put a season outlook to you here, Charles. Round two, we're going to correct cash cow mid-range selection straight away. We want people in our teams either earning money or gun scorers, nothing else. Rounds three to five, we're going to hold and let players generate value. So wait till your cash cows peak and let your guns keep scoring. You only want to trade out for significant injuries and suspensions. Round six to ten, then you're going to start to upgrade and downgrade some cows when they've peaked bringing in more guns with some consideration um, and by planning around origin as well. Rounds 11 to 19 is when we really start to 
to get into deep thinking about buys. You're going to continue to upgrade and downgrade your cash cows, bring in more guns specifically around origin. You're going to want to trade out players like Cotter and Carrigan, just like TK spoke about, who played limited minutes during this period, and you can potentially pick them up later um, after Origin's finished. And then 20 to 27, you're just bringing in straight guns, looking for the odd cash out or so um, with a strong 18th man. Damn, that was good, Rolls. Boy's got it on. Gussie, turning to you, mate. Is a bit of strategy there for Charles? Yeah, yeah. I've sort of been thinking about the strategy this year. Um, I'm a big fan of conserving trades, but in previous years, it has kind of burnt me where I've been reluctant to get off on on dogs in the early round, early rounds rather. Um, so this year, I'm taking a punt on a few speculative cashies that I'm hoping are going to generate some more cap. But in the first one or two weeks, if they're not doing too well, I'm going to be jumping off straight away. Um, around the origin period, I like the idea of trading pretty hard. Um, you know, even if it means copying a red dot here and there in the early rounds, just to you know, copying a buy or something like that. Um, but I'm really keen to kind of take, cop those ones on the chin and just leave those trades in the back pocket for a bit later on. Um, looking ahead to the run home, I think for those final four to five rounds, I love having one to two trades earmarked for each week. Um, just having those up your sleeve, a bit of extra security, ideally two. Uh, but then, you know, sometimes you find yourself in a position where you're thinking, oh, I've got two trades here that I've saved, and you feel a bit of pressure to uh, to use them and end up making an unnecessary call. Uh, but pretty much that's how my season's looking at the moment, mate. I think once we get a bit closer to round one, I might try and firm things up a bit more, maybe get a bit more detailed like what Riley's putting together, um, but just going to wait and see. Nice, Gussie. I like it. Charles, any more questions, mate? Yeah, I'll ask my final one. Um, thanks, boys, for the feedback. Um, TK, it's for you. So last year I got um, uh, roped into to your Roosters narrative in the <laughs> in the early run. I started with um, Tedesco. I had um, Sammy Walker, Billy Smith, I think it was, and Angus Crichton, yep. um, you know, who I ended up trading and trading back in. But anyway... Um, Sucked into the narrative last year with the Roosters. What's your what's your narrative for this year, TK? The narrative for this year is we can't go as hard. Like the narrative is still there. I think they're going to come out of the blocks firing. I think it's the best. It's the best they've been health wise. I think for a start of the season, it's good that the whole team is back early training. And I think even though that Chase still needs to kind of fit in that structure, the fact that they go into this because last year there were so many uncertainties, right? Like, who would command the team? Would it be Kiri? Would it be Walker? How would Joey Manu fit in because he wants to play fullback? And, like, there's so much happening last year that probably the only uncertainty this year is, is Joey Suolai, is he going to re-sign? Is he going to play left centre? Is left centre going to be good enough because he wants to play fullback? I think if that's the only question mark really in the team, I think they're in pretty good shape. They know that Sam Walker's running the team, and we know from late last year, his average went from 38 to 50 when he was in number seven. So we've just got to make a decision here, Charles, because at the moment, another thing that I changed from the team that I posted on Saturday was I was just having a look because as you went pretty thin on your backs, I was pretty similar. The only other player I had was Walshy instead of Khan Pereira, but I kind of got rid of Walshy for the fact that I might bring Suali in. And the only reason why I did that was I was very high on Sam Walker, but then I saw Hastings, who I think is pretty much the same price, but from a different club who has a later buy, and I think they're going to score pretty much the same. So I said, 
well, do I really need Sam Walker? As much as this is going to hurt me because I want to see him turn it around, man, it's probably going to make more sense that Suolihi, if he locks in that left center spot, he's going to get a duel and just gives, especially the outside backs where we just to have a few question marks, maybe a little bit more strength. So at the moment, he's in my sights, but of course, we're going to have to see how this all pans out because there's different ways it can. You know, left center at the Roosters hasn't been a high-scoring position in the past. However, you know, Kiri didn't play on the left edge last year. It's his second year post-ACL. You've got Joey Manu who's given this license to roam. So if he's playing on the right, there's only one way you can roam, and that's to the left. So it pretty much dictates where the ball's going to be. So you would probably want to be in that left center position. You think about, the, he's still a kid, right? 19 years old, and he's, he's a physical specimen. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in my life. The man looks like he's got the body of a 28-year-old man, and he's so super fast. He's like six foot five. Like, the amount of different ways that the boy can score, he's in a contract year. I don't know if I'm, I, I don't know if I'm making this up as just to convince myself to buy him, but it's just everything is just kind of stacking into place. And I spoke to Ed about him today as well. So, and Ed was pretty high on him, and he's the same thing, that sometimes you just got to go with your gut on these ones because a lot, a lot of the stats that we have on him, especially at centre, is when he was a kid at 17. So we probably got to disregard it a little bit and see what he's been doing, his improvement last year on the wing, and then again at the World Cup, and then you think about, again, what he's going to bring probably with another preseason under his belt. Like, I'm super excited for Joseph Suolihi. I think he's going to... The only thing that I worry about, he's going to go so well that he's going to make origin. So that's my only down part. But I think for the Roosters narrative, I'd cut it at two, man, because they've got to really... You look at the draw and you go Dolphins, Warriors, and you go, oh, you're just licking your lips. And then you go Souths. Souths are predominantly slow starters as well. You're probably going to expect the Roosters at full strength to beat them as well. But then they go into a bye. And you go, oh, man, like, I can't have three. Can you imagine... You're trying to climb the ranks, yeah. and then in round four, you lose three of your starters, and you might give away all your, your good lead by just having by just being greedy. So I think you, considering we have to go cheese to just square off the pack, you're only going to be able to pick one more. So you just got to decide if you can find another wing fullback slash centre, well maybe consider Sam Walker. But if you can't, I think you've got to go so Ali there, Charles. Yeah, nice. Like it, like it. Nice. Was there any other questions, Charles? Yeah, that's it for me. Beautiful, man. Well, mate, really thank you for jumping on the show, mate. Bit of royalty, being a top 20 player from the past, mate. But it was good to connect, mate, because I always see you on social media, sending in your questions, man. So I really appreciate you always, you know, sending in your questions and engaging with our community, man. No, thank you. Been a pleasure. Thank you, Charles. Yeah. We'll put you back in the green room. We'll, we'll see you after Lukey jumps on. Let's bring Lukey in. Hello, Luke. Hey, you going? That was a good little analysis. Mate, that was fun. Charles has got a lot it of good deep. narratives. I'm glad he called me out on that last one. I put a lot of people in that in danger with that Roosters team. But let's rip into yours. Gussie, you want to read the team list? Yeah, can do. So lining up at hooker, we've got Harry Grant. In the mids, Brandon Smith, Cam Murray and Adam Elliott. On the edge, Jermaine Hopgood and TK's boy, Teague Wilton. In the halves, Jackson Hastings and Nathan Cleary with the captaincy. Lining up in the centres, Isaac Thompson and Remus Smith. And the back three, Joseph Suwali'i, Tamari Martin and Lockie Miller. First four on the bench, Matt Dury, Sean Bloor, Luke Garner, 
and Tanner Boyd. And in the emergencies, Tommy Talau, Tyrrell Sloan, Ray Stone and Hayes Perham. Beautiful. Gussie, initial thoughts on Luke's team? Yeah, first thing that stands out for me here, Luke, is just the three elite scorers that you've got in some of the most relevant scoring positions in NRL fantasy. Uh, the Cleary, Grant and Cam Murray selection presents a clear captaincy option in Nathan Cleary, but you've got two rock-solid backups, so I'm really liking that. Uh, cap fringe guns and, you know, some promising assets in there too. Uh, obviously cheese, but the likes of Adam Elliott, Teague Wilton too, bit of pod value and uh, and Jackson Hastings. And then I think you've got a really good selection of uh, mid-rangers and cheapies too. So as I said with uh, with Charles, I think we're just looking at a really well-balanced side here and someone who knows what they're doing. Nice. Rolls, just turning over to you, your thought, initial thoughts on Luke's team. I really like the two types of players you've got, Luke. You've got a lot of guns, but then you've got a lot of cashies mixed in with a few mid-rangers, so great balance there. This is going to maximise your scoring and cash generation. Six guns above 600K, including cheese. Perfect amount to start with. We'll look for that five to seven, so really like that balance. Nice. Turning over to you, Luke, let's get it from your perspective. Talk us through kind of your initial strategy and a couple of your team selections. <clears throat> yeah, so um, last year, or the previous years, to be honest, I've, I've predominantly stacked that, that starting lineup and gone full cashies. Uh, this year, I've sort of started to get a little bit uh, more value in those mid-ranges through Garner and, and Tanner Boyd. Um, also, this year, again, targeting uh, dual position players, to be honest. Uh, I think they're going to bring a lot of value. And I think this year as well, they've, they've seemed to have cut a lot. So I think their value goes up even more. Um, there was another question I'm going to ask how much value that does add in your opinion, but we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of that, I, I've tried to sort of spread value throughout. Um, again, uh, with the centres, uh, I'm not stressed at all. Um, two sort of up and down scoring through there. Um, the only sort of weakness I see, to be honest, is, is in my uh, back three. Uh, I'm just not sure. Obviously, Lockie Miller hasn't signed. Um, and so, Lee, not sure how that's going to go, as you obviously just talked about. And I am looking at um, a couple others. There's obviously Walsh, Ponga and Savage that are in that sort of same bracket. Um, so I'm not too sure there. But, yeah, that, that was certainly my strategy was that getting a bit more of a balance with those sort of mid-rangers off the bench. Um, yeah. Nice. Suli here is the man in question there. Like, I just gave my little spill on him. What was the attraction for you there, Luke? Uh, well, I did listen to the potty, obviously. Um, but, nah, to be honest, bro, I think there's obviously the contract year. Um, uh, rugby union's having a close eye on him, so he'll want to push his case forward, which might, you know, he might be lost to the sport, but he might earn more money in his back pocket. Um, I think the Roosters are going to do everything to accommodate him. Um, he'll play where he wants to play. If that's centre, um, he's going to get more ball. Um, he's got uh, apparently Tupo outside of him, and we know how much of a try scorer he is, so we'll start stacking those try assists. Um, yeah, I think, and if he gets that DPP again, bro, I think if he becomes a dual, that's going to add more value. And I just don't, apart from obviously your standouts and Teddy, um, Trail, Drinky, um, I'm not sure if there's that much value. Um, so willing to have a, a crack at a midi there. 
Luke, you know, he's brought up the value of duels. We might as well touch upon it now. Riles, your thoughts? What is the value to you with a dual position player? I think Luke's pretty much nailed it, TK. Dual position players with a buy each week uh, and then a really busy origin schedule with a lot of teams going on buys. It's going to be really important. So just touching on Swali there, I'm going to go in the opposite direction and say I'm unsure about his selection because I don't like the idea of having two mid-rangers in your fullbacks. I just think that can leave you a little bit caught in a corner if they don't come off. But if he does get the duel, I think he is a really good option just because of that centre cover as well. And dual position players are going to be really important this year. Yeah, with that, what you just said there, and you're talking about Suolihi and Miller together, if you were just to keep one, just say you kept Lachlan Miller, who would you, you would have a little bit more money. Where would you go next? Would you try to find someone in that 600 range? I think you've got Drinky, Trell, or Teddy. Otherwise, you've got to go to Perham, and I will touch on that later, why I would move Perham from your emergencies uh, to your starting wing fullbacks. Cool. Luke, you take me through, because on your bench, because mm. I really love your starting lineup, man, but on your bench, you've got six players all under 300K, and most of them are at 250K. Talk me through that strategy. Um, so those players, uh, obviously, Piram Stone, uh, Sloan, that, they've been identified as having a starting position. Um, well, Stone maybe, but I think his minutes, obviously, um, based on how he was performing at the Eels last year, I think he's guaranteed maybe 30, 40 minutes off the bench. I also think Sloan's um, been penciled into that fullback role. Same with Perum. So I think at such a, a basement price, you can't really go wrong. Worst case, they don't get that role or they perform poorly. You can switch that out to another um, uh, uh, cheapie. Um, Talau, again, he's got that dual role, which is pretty handy um, and has been identified as being um, a starter at centre. And Bloor, again, um, hopefully he gets a role off the bench at least. Um, if not starting, I, I'm assuming he's coming off the bench. But if he's getting 30 minutes, um, I think he could add some add some value there. And then all I'm doing is, is as soon as they, they top out, I'm moving them on. They're not hanging around my squad for too long. Nice. Now, Luke, something that me and Riley identified just before we went to the air, you've got Teague Wilton, who I'm a huge fan of as well. But in your, in your scoring 17, you're running Dory, Bloor and Garner. So we're in the assumption that you think all three of those guys on your bench at the moment are, score, are going to score relatively well. So we just had a question. If you do believe that, you've got a stack of edges, man. Teague Wilton might be the guy that you downgrade to spread a little bit of cash and a bit of love onto the bench. Riley, your thoughts? I do agree with you there, TK. And just looking at your bench as well, Luke, you've got Talao. I know he does have the duel, but you've got him, Sloan, and Perham, who are all wing fullbacks, and they probably need to be sitting in your emergencies. I'm going to say Perham's too expensive, though, to be sitting in your emergencies. You need 250k or less, ideally. But this year, I think Martin is going to be an exception just because of that dual positioning. It's going to be really important, like we covered just before. So I would consider moving Perham to your, to your starting side. And then you could move to Lau as well if you want to go cheap in your wing fullbacks. Otherwise, I think Teddy, uh, Drinky or Trell need to go in there. Nice. Gussie, sorry, we've just cut you out of the conversation to touch, mate. Your thoughts on that? No, no dramas. I, uh, that's one thing that did stand out to me as well. There is quite a bit of wing fullback coverage on that bench. 
um, and stacked with edges, as you said. The thing is, all of those boys that you've got on that bench, they've got promising prospects for, for this year and they look like they're going to make a ton of cash. But say you did want to provide yourself maybe a bit more coverage in the uh, in the mids or in, in the halves, you could consider the likes of Trey Mooney from, from the Raiders. He's pretty cheap and cheerful. Um, and also Katoa at the Dolphins, who's got the half tag. Um if you were wanting to go for guys who are maybe a little bit more, a uh, bit more valuable and probably going to sp- score better on a week to week basis, you've got Mitch Dunn. That's another edge, but comes in at three seventy two k, so is an option. Uh, Marky Nichols up at the Dolphins four hundred and twenty six k. He's probably one guy I'd have uh, have my eyes on for you though. Yeah, nice, Lukey. Far away. Um, yeah. So obviously with the inclusion of. Um, the Dolphins, and we're we're having a, a buy every second week. Um, you alluded to it um, earlier around sort of m- maxing maybe three players from each squad. Was, is that sort of where you're heading down? Because that's what I've tried to do. I sort of tried to have some, I guess you'd say, diversity amongst the, the playing group there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, how much of an impact do you, do you think that's going to have? Yeah, Gus, it's a, it's a really interesting one because we only get two trades in that first six rounds, which for me, I think for the teams getting the buy in that first six rounds, I'm, I'm going to try and max out at two and then anyone post that, I don't mind because it starts becoming three and then four trades. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'd agree with that, TK. I think if you're looking at teams with the buys in those first few rounds, you sort of got to max out at, at two. Um, otherwise, it just gets too costly making those trades week in, week out. And before that, you've spunk through a whole lot of trades even before you've got to the origin period. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely uh, in, in your camp there. It's an interesting one, Luke, because I've seen teams with Tanner Boyd, Aaron Clark, David Fafita, and Tino. So in round six, you're going to lose four players. So it's one of those things that all four of those guys presents value, right? But it's going to be a kind of patience game. And I think it's going to be a very long, like it's a long game, I think, this year, Luke, where you have to be patient at the start. Think about the two that probably fits your team the best right there. And then you're probably going to have to sacrifice that and think about maybe the back end, maybe getting them again. But who's the team that you kind of want to stack at the moment? Who's on your mind? Um... Well, yeah, I, I do. I, previously to this, I know I've been changing my teams multiple times, but I was looking at um, Robson. Um, so Cowboys, um, I did like with Dunn, Robson, um, and there was another player, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Sharkies, again, just those those teams that I think are going to perform well. Um, yeah, Panthers again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it is tricky. I think that's kind of, where I've changed tactics this year, um, targeting those those dual positions because I think it's just going to be critical um, with those rolling buys, and then also trying, like you just said before, um, if you're going to go Cleary, go Wilton. If you're going to go Hines, go Garner, or just that sort of combinations there. So you're not getting stuck with huge amounts of your cap um, not playing in a, in a single round. Rolls, you, you did a great Cowboys preview and you talked up the chances of Reese Robson. You're going to cover him again this week. Give Luke a little bit of advice because I think that might be an area where he can find a little bit of cash here. Mm. I think if you're going to go Robson, Luke, I think it's a great way because he's going to be one of the highest scoring hookers up until the origin period. So we all know Grant's going to be a keeper, but downgrading him and 
potentially gaining an extra 100k it could be advantageous in then helping you upgrade your bench as well so potentially look at that and you might even save a trade then too because you can carry robson as your second hooker all the way through and get grant or cook back in after origin yeah 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 i like that strategy as well all right luke next question man um yeah so i guess what i'm picking up from you guys is to sort of go uh, basement price for those bottom emergencies and then sort of targeting three to 500k mid-rangers three 600k mid-rangers um is that is that what i'm picking up yeah and i think the thing is with mid-rangers luke it's always going to be because they're a mid-ranger for a reason right because they're either coming off a poor season they might have been injured all their circumstances have changed and they're changing clubs. So even though a lot of the stuff that we do with mid-rangers is calculated, there's still a, a huge element of risk, right, Riley? Yeah, definitely, TK. And you've got to really watch their minutes, roll, and PPM. And it doesn't matter how many stats you pull, whichever way you filter them, there is going to be risk in them, especially if they are moving to a new club. Uh, look at Mark Nichols, for example, nine starts at prop for the Rabbitohs averaging you know, roughly 45 points or so. At the Dolphins, we're projecting him to get similar sort of minutes as a starting front rower, but what's how is he going to score in that Dolphins system? What style of play is Bennett going to run? We're not sure, so that's where the risk comes with him. Yeah, absolutely. Gussie, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, agree. Agree on the point you've made there, Luke. I think, um, you know, cheap and cheerful in the emergencies is always a pretty solid way to go. Uh, the fact that their prices are so low, it does also maximise their cash-generating potential. Uh, not to say that mid-rangers can't make cash, but those lot of guys have got those lower break-evens, and in the early weeks, they're going to find it easier to put on put on cash than uh, some of those mid-rangers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd definitely try and stick to, to basement basement price players down uh, down in those regions of your team. Um, and also just looking for a bit of versatility as well, bit of, bit of positional coverage where, you know, if you are stuck in a buy round and you've got a couple of unlucky injuries and maybe you can only make two trades in that week, uh, you know, just so you're not stuck in the mud. Um, so, yeah, bit, 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 of a, bit of coverage across the positions and basement price down there often, uh, often could leave you in pretty good stead. Yeah. Luke, I reckon your team, you'll know that you're in a really good spot See there, you got these six guys all under. Well, most of them are two fifty, and then one of them's two ninety eight. I reckon if you can get that down to four to a max of five, like if just say Blore starting in round one, then you don't mind having the fifth guy's Blore. But just say he's coming off the bench, you probably should only have four of the guys at two fifty, and then think about and you probably could save some cash already by downgrading Grant to Robbo. And that gives you another 70K. You can think about Suali and Miller, which one you really prefer. And just depending, you don't have to upgrade up. You might want to upgrade down. So you might stick uh, Perim in there. And then you've got more cash to actually upgrade someone else on the bench to give you a little bit more production that way. Yeah, sweet. No, no. Oh, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Um, downgrading even Murray to a certain extent, I'm just not sure around his concussions, and then that might be able to allow me to bring in Drinkwater or Tedesco at the back. I do like having a gun in most positions, so that's yeah. I wasn't too sure about that back three, to be honest. Yeah, if you weren't running Cleary, like then you probably would need Murray. But when you think about who we spoke about at the top of the show with Cotter, Pat Carrigan, 
Like, there's a whole stack of these guys in this 700 range that we do actually project around that 55 to 60 mark, and they're big players in their team, right? So there's definitely options for you, and I think that's I like that option as well, Lou. Sweet. Nah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Charles obviously asked the question around strategy, and um, Riley had a pretty unreal strategy, um, sort of. Yeah, so nah, that's that's me. I'm, I'm good. Cool. Riles, any other thoughts for Luke before we let him go, mate? Um, just one thing. The three Knights players is potentially concerning starting the season, but with their buy in round 10, I just look to maybe move Hastings on before then just because he probably isn't going to be a keeper in that half position with Hines and Cleary. And, yeah, you might – you could look at moving Elliot sorry, to a non-origin gun, uh, maybe Madison if he's not going to get picked up. Joey Tarpany through that origin period I think will be really important as well. Nice. And Gus, final thoughts? Yeah, I actually got a question for you, Luke. Um, you know, you've got a couple of elite scorers there in Harry Grant, Cam Murray and Nathan Cleary and all of three of those blokes are origin locks. Um, obviously, Murray's first buy doesn't come on till later in the year, but the fact that Storm and Penrith do have those buys in, in, in the first nine rounds, are you planning to jump off those guys at any point in time or around origin or even earlier perhaps? And if so, what, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, I'll hang hang on to them through the buys though, um, I think, because I'm going to be bringing them back in anyway. But I think yeah. over that origin period, um, you're looking at reduced minutes. They might miss games. They might have a short turnaround post-origin. Um, they'll need to manage those key players in the back end of their season. So um, I'll probably get rid of them a, a week or two before origin. Um, there's some decent options there with, um, I guess, Brown or Moses or um, those types of players. And then again with Robson, um, he's probably not looking at origin. Depends how cookie goes, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I'd probably just, just save some money there um, and, and definitely get rid of them over that period. Nice. Yeah, agree, man. I think they're all great, great options. I think um, you're probably just going to have to figure out what to do with your Cam Murray cash. Um, so maybe you look at blokes like IPAP or, you know, even Tohu. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some eligible contenders. Yeah. I love it. Let's bring Charlesy back just to say goodbye. <laughs> Charles, sorry for your little wait there, mate, but I hope you got a, got a few things out of that one as well. But, boys, I just want to thank you both for coming on the show tonight. You're two of the more advanced players, so I know a lot of people would have got a lot out of seeing kind of how you guys set up your team. And it's great to see the banter between you two boys, and it's good to see you guys. I guess I'm glad I'm not the only one that talks to their mates 100 times a day about it, boys. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is. It's been good. It's um, it's good to be back into it. To be honest, it's uh, yeah, it's been a long off season, but it's going to be quite different this year, I think. Um, with obviously the rolling buys and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just keen for it. Eh? Yeah, def- definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be part of the show, just send us an email at info at talkingleaguepod.com or just send us a direct message on one of the social media channels. You'll find us Facebook or Instagram at Talking League Pod. Twitter at Talking League One. Now, the Talking League textbook, that is out January 26th, which is Australia Day. We'll feature a comprehensive guide to NRL Fantasy, 180 pages, all 17 teams, 391 team profiles, Q&A with the two last champs, strategy and for both classic and draft. So plenty to have there. 20% of profits from the textbook donated to Bowel Cancer Australia. 
That's to honour the legacy of the great late Steve Nichols. Our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two free pack of player cards. They're valued at $9.99 each. So for more info, just head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com. But mark down January 26 on your calendar. All right, gents, we're going to leave that for now. Thank you again, Charles, for jumping on. And all the best for the fantasy season, man. Cheers, boys. Yeah, you too. And Lukey, great to see you as well, man. And I'll see you for a beer, mate, round five. Yeah, looking forward to it, bro. Awesome. Riley, thanks for your thoughts tonight, mate. And we'll check you back on the Monday, next Monday, for the show. We've got another preview to record too with the Titans. Beautiful, TK. Look forward to it. And, yeah, good to get into some teams again. And, yeah, looking to the boys and their strategy this season. And lucky last, we got Gussie. We just recorded Roosters and Tigers. We're going to have that out on Friday and then the following Monday. But, Gussie, we'll see you next Monday, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Always a pleasure. Thanks for this one, Charles and Luke. You've given me a lot to think about heading into round one, so appreciate you coming on. Great stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe. We've got plenty more previews to drop. We dropped today Penrith Panthers. Wednesday, we're going to be dropping New Zealand Warriors. Friday, Sydney Roosters. And then the following Monday, West Tigers. So plenty more to come. But like I said, do get in touch if you want to be part of the show. Love to have your company on a Monday night. All right, guys, we'll check you during the week.